the Tanya for the sixth of other Shaini, but first the story. There was a Jewish businessman who was traveling from town to town doing business, and he arrived in the city of Gostinin in the middle of the night. And he went from house to house, similar to the previous story yesterday, went from house to house, trying to find somewhere to stay. And it was very late, all the lights were off, and finally found one house with the light on. He knocks on the door, and it was with the mayor of Gostinin, a very famous rabbi. And the Rebbe let him in with the guest having no idea who his host was. And very late in the middle of the night, the host started taking care of him, giving him food. And then the, at some point, he took two pots of, 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 oat, of oatmeal together with fats and mixed it together. The point was the Tzaddik took care of him, and then the Tzaddik um, brought him to his own room. And with all of his clothes all filthy and his galoshes still on, the man slept in the Tzaddik's bed the entire night. And when he woke up the next morning, the Tzaddik made sure the family didn't wake him up. And they both make their way to shore, and it didn't take him very long to realize that the person who had taken care of him the whole night, whose bed he had slept in, was the Rebbe. And he goes with the Rebbe, and he was absolutely devastated. And he told the Rebbe, I had no idea who you were. I am so apologetic. And he started, and the Tzaddik told him, I absolutely don't forgive you. And he was even he was more apologetic. He said, I had no idea. If I had, no, had I known who you were, I would have never put you through it. But I had no idea who you were. And so... The the Tzaddik said, you're not forgiven. And at some point he said, okay, what can I do to, to, to have forgiveness? He said like this, if you promise to do whatever I tell you, then you'll be forgiven. He said, okay, I agree. So he told him, what I want you to do is every single time you come to town, you need to come to my house. I never get the chance of doing Akhanas Asarachim. I finally got a chance. Whenever I usually get a chance, people ruin it for me. Now I got a chance. You need to promise every time you come in town. You, you let me do that mitzvah. The power of a mitzvah is what's, the, what's up for discussion in chapter 35. We've finished today's a very long time. We're finishing off the entire chapter today. In summary, we've talked about so far, we started off with two questions. Why is the focus of Kikari Velecha Adav Why is the focus on La Asoso? Why does um, um, the practical action of a mitzvah seem to be so important? What about the, the love and fear of God? Is that not more important? And question number two is, the Bainani seems to be struggling for absolutely no reason. Like, what is the point for it? It seems all futile. In order to explain that, we gave, we brought down the Anuka from the Zaya, the little child that gave an explanation of the Zaya. And basically, he explained, very simply speaking, there's the Guf, which is the body, which is the wick. The, the body is the wick. The Shechina is the fire, upon which is upon a person's head. And the oil is mitzvahs. And that why, that's why Chacham Enabereshe, a wise man, always looks for mitzvahs in order to keep the flame of the Shechina alive in his head. Now, the, the, now what we're going to deal with today, Tanya, is, at the beginning part, is why is Neshama not enough to be oil? Why do we need mitzvahs? Neshama is so powerful. It's explained in the past 34 chapters of Tanya. Just how powerful. Why, so we just explained how powerful the Neshama is. Why is that not enough to be the to be the oil. The, the, the shechina is compared to a fire. So the ultimate says it's not enough with a person's soul. The soul is not enough to be the, the, the oil which keeps the wick, the flame lit. Read a little bit and then I'll explain this godly soul had such a powerful drive to God, it's him and his soul that love God. 
and there's that's a separate he, he's a human being a, 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 an actual or or a soul he's a soul that loves god there's only so close to something with its own existence as we established in chapter six of Tanya, could be connected to god and therefore yes the soul of the Jew is extremely powerful, but it's not as great as a Mishamah, as, as, as great as a Mitzvah, as we're going to explain. Masha'ein came a Mitzvah, as I'm telling him. Saying, Rutsoyne Yisbarech, Rutsoyne Yisbarech, Mokaya, Chaim, Nochal, Chaim, Tzibarim. Masha'ein, Nehmei, Deis, Mishun, Rabin, Behest, Apan, Sharat, and Elion, Barachov, Yedis, and Majegis. Ad, Shiyuchol, Yedis, Havad, Yedis, Yedis, Ma'ayin, 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 Yedis, the will of God is what created everything, but in different in, in difference to everything in this world, which has God's will in hundred percent, everything has to have God's will. The, a cereal box and a table and a chair and a roof has God's will inside of it, but it's gone on a journey, a very long journey, breaking down the energy over and over until it turns into a table. But but when you're dealing with actual mitzvahs of Hashem, which is the innermost will, this is what God wants. God wants everything all created. The higher ones, the lower than absolutely everything between so a person and this world does a mitzvah. That is the deepest will of God. But there's no separation. When we do a mitzvah, it's not like it's gone on this incredible journey that created the table. Still God's will. No, God's will is just absolutely raw and 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 fiery and, and in its original pristine status, it's the will of God. And we do a mitzvah, we connect to that. <laughs> A mitzvah is untapped godly will with no separation, with no delineation, with no symptom and breaking down of energy. It's just God's will. And now, now we're going to, now we're going to explain the way Shechina works. For Shechina to, and I'll give a quick introduction. I'll read a little bit. For Shechina to work, for God's presence to come down, this God's raw energy to come down, it has to be in a place that lets it in, which means ego doesn't let it in. It won't come in. Shechina only goes in a place where there is no ego, no identity of self. Even a tzaddik who has a complete identity of self, the neshama of a tzaddik has some form of identity. Says says the Shechina, I can't hang out there. At least not in this rawest form. But a mitzvah on the land can. Hashem is able to dwell in something that's absolutely nullified to it, which means Hashem sees something that's no ego at all. The shin of Hashem could, could jump into that. God exists and nothing else is aside from God. There's true unity and oneness. Things that express that or let godliness express that are able to have God's presence dwell inside. Anything that conflicts over the tables keeps screaming out, I'm a table, I'm a table, continuously. Because it screams, I'm a table, the shin can't go inside because it's a table. Even the Nisham of a Tzaddik, it's screaming out, I'm the Nisham of a Tzaddik. And yes, it's so holy and pure and perfect. At the same time, it has an identity. It is a Nisham of a Tzaddik. And therefore, true unity of godliness can't express it. Even Cain, the word usually means, means that a person can never understand God. But in this case, it means a person can't grasp God. God can only be grasped, and God can only go in within something that truly lets it come inside. And only something like a mitzvah, which is just true, the will of God, when you put a coin in Tzedakah box, and that's exactly, precisely, nothing less than nothing more than exactly what God wants. 
And so the God says, well, that moment of giving tzedakah, that's exactly, that's, that's just me. That, is, that moment is entirely nullified with the person. We'll deal with why the person's not nullified. How do we deal with that? We'll get around that problem in a second. But that, that moment, that, that idea of a coin going in a tzedakah box by a person, that's pure unified, unity, um, nullification to God. God loves it. God hangs out there. Now, what's the source of this principle that a Shekinah will only hang on something that's completely bottom? We'll do this very quickly. It comes from the Magid. We don't have the time to talk about the, uh, what, what Chachma is and why Chachma is so effective in, in, in being nullified to God. But the point is, it's that this precedent exists. The Magadrid explains that Shechina dwells in Chachma or in Bish. Let's keep moving. Now, what about Torah? Torah, does, um, Torah has um, the Shechina dwelling in the soul, not in the body. What's going on with that? That's what, that's what I'm going to explain now. When a person learns Torah, the inner garments, which is thought and speech, a person's thinking, a person's talking, that, that's connected to Hashem. When a person learns Torah, the Shekhinah is with them, but not on the same way with a mitzvah. It doesn't go as far. It's, the Torah has a limitation. It's more spiritual. It's not connected to my Sabbath. And therefore, the Torah learning can impact and affect the actual practical action part. If a person wants to impact his body and change the practical will, the practical body, the, the, the creating the shechina down in his body, he needs to do an action. That's only an action creates a difference in the body. But wants to create uh, um, fuel for the flame of the shechina above his head, he needs to do a practical action. Torah is 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 more spiritual. It's more sublime. It's getting to the the godly soul. What happens is when a person does a practical mitzvah, they're including their body in that experience. And their body, therefore, it becomes a partner with the godly soul in doing the mitzvah, which means that it becomes elevated in that experience. And yes, the godly soul might not be um, subjugated completely to God like what we would expect a mit- what, what a mitzvah is and would expect the whole partnership to be to be but because the animalistic soul the, or the energizing soul let's, let's call it the, the practical body is involved in doing a mitzvah it gets raised up in that completely unifying experience what are the animals that It wants to do dreadful things. And while it's in the middle of doing dreadful things, it, the guy drops a coin in the slacker bush. What are you telling me? In that moment, the animalistic soul is suddenly so holy and, and, and entirely nullified, more than the study of Torah, more than the Sadiqim. Let's be real for a second. This is a dreadful human being. Let's use a practical example. A dreadful human being who puts a coin in the in the middle of doing dreadful activities. His animalistic soul is raging as much as ever. But he's putting, yes, that mitzvah might be really wonderful and might be entirely unified with God, but 
He's, he has a raging animal An incredible idea comes out in today's Hanya. Yes, he might be a dreadful person with a dreadful animalistic soul. In the moment when he gives tzedakah, his animalistic soul is saying amen to that giving of the tzedakah, which means in that moment, in that existence of that mitzvah, his animalistic soul is entirely asleep. It's gone. So what exists? The body and the godly soul, which all entirely involved and wrapped around with entire nullification as that mitzvah has with God. And the animalistic soul is just asleep in that moment for that experience, which is beautiful. So this is what it means, the Shekhinah rests upon his head, it encompasses that from, from above, when a person does a mitzvah, the entire um, mitzvah unity existence and nullification to God that exists in that mitzvah entirely wraps all over them from the top to the bottom, including the animalistic soul, which goes to sleep and enables that person to experience the full impact of that mitzvah. And now the final question we're going to finish off today's Tanya, very long Tanya with, is that we're talking about Shekhinah in so many different contexts. We have the Shekhinah as a person does mitzvah, Shekhinah in Torah, Shekhinah resting in the body, Shekhinah fully in the body, the animalistic soul, the godly soul. Shekhinah seems to have so many different variations, but if God is one, make up your mind. You can't say God's oneness is here and God's oneness is there. And God... God's oneness is absolutely unified, one. There's no division in it. Why are we talking about division within Shekhinah? Shekhinah is Shekhinah. That's it. Why are we complicating something that has to be one by definition? It's God's presence. God's presence is one. That's the final question of the last few lines. So when we say the word Shekhinah, we're talking about the different perspectives in which Shekhinah comes in and all the different um, um, variations. We're not talking about duplicity and multiplicity within the Shekhinah. No. From its... its what it is, is, is it's from our perspective. You can look at... at uh, uh, a, a window and see light coming in through, and we'll just say, this is like storing them to them. Uh, someone once came to Rabbi Gamliel, someone that wanted to mock Judaism, and said, He said, Every, You say that when there's a minion, Hashem Shkinda shows up. You have 5,000 minyanim happening in Eretz Yisrael. Well, so I'm just throwing a number. The, how many Shkindas do you have? How many gods do you have? And Rogamil said, He says, When you walk to one window, you look at the window, you see the sun. You walk to another window, you see the sun as well. How many suns are there? Oh, this is one sun. From the perspective of one window, you see the sun from there. From there. From the perspective, it's all one sun, but many different perspectives, many different angles to look at the sun, many different locations to look at the sun from. Doesn't change the sun. I'm asking you, it doesn't change the sun, it changes your perception of it. Our perception of the Shekhinah changes. Hashem Shekhinah, as, as it is, of course, is absolutely one. There's no change in the Shekhinah itself. It's always the change from our perspective. Thank you so much for joining. Tanya, Tanya, Zalina, Shoshana, Yom, Chani, Mishon, Anten, Chazar, Tzisach, Shemun, Daniel, Kamrin, Yom, and Foshem, Kuraman, Chamishasiya, Sebet, Raman, Shem, Tzarekel, B'chaim, Mishwur, Racha, Racha, Tvayla, B'chipi, Limen, Lina, B'lat. And Elizabeth, Lea, and anyone else in this Foshem, have a wonderful and very successful day. Thank you so much for joining.